Welcome into another episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast here on State Championship Week. And that's where we will camp out with Picking Football as they prepare to play for the 5A state title on Friday night. We'll start right off the bat with Cody Steigner. Cody, thanks for taking time for us. Yes, sir. It's always good to be able to do it during this week. Absolutely, man. Um, I guess we, we joked it must have been a year ago or so that you were our uh, most uh, interviewed person on the podcast, and I think you're starting to run away with that uh, now. So we always appreciate your time, man. Yeah, man, I love it, man. I love it, the, the exposure you give the guys from just not just with picking football, just all the aspects of all the community with all the sports and everything that goes with it. Thank you for that, Cody. Tell us about your day, man. You, I know you've had a, a busy day. We saw uh, the Mr. 5A, Mr. Dante Didell, be able to accept that award up in the Jackson area. And then, of course, having to get back uh, for practice. So, kind of tell us what that day laid out like. Well, it's been a, it was a long day. Me and Coach Freely, we uh we got in the van with Dante and his folks. And we headed up to the Clinton, and uh, you know, he was presenting the Mr. Five A Football Award, and uh, man, it was a pretty cool experience. You know, with the rest of the other guys from each classification getting their own, and uh, just some great looking athletes, man. I mean, I'm telling you, you sitting in there, and you just wishing you could find five offensive linemen. We could have went and just made sure we got somebody <laughs> on time, but. You know, it's special for Dante, but, uh, you know, the thing is, is you, know, it's, it, you know, Dante put in a lot of work to get to that point, but it also comes around having, being surrounded by great teammates. And, uh, you know, so that's one thing Dante would tell you. But, man, that was a cool experience. Uh, I think we spent more time driving than we did in Clinton, actually. So, uh, but then, of course, we get back, we get right at it. Coach, you know, Coach Edwards, Coach, Coach Hayden, and the rest of the coaching staff did a great job of getting everybody, you know, while, and, and while we were gone, just get everything rolling, kept the same routine going, and, uh you know, we're, we're, I feel like we're a routine-based coaching staff, and so everything was to the T, everything was on point, and, uh, you know, we didn't miss a beat. Yeah, some weather's going to roll in. We're live here from uh, Champion Sports Bistro in West Canal and Picune, and the forecast, uh, Lord smiled on us. We're able to get in a, a somewhat dry day of practice, Cody. Well, he blessed us today. I mean, you think about it, we, we're preparing to go find somewhere we can get inside to get, a, get some sort of practice in, and, you know, didn't get any rain. It was a little overcast, but we took full advantage of it. And, uh, you know, guys had a great attitude today. It's just like normal. I mean, you know, that's one thing about this group. They're, they're loose 24-7, you know. So this, it doesn't matter if it was week one or this week 15. So, you know, had a great practice, I thought, all around. Uh, I missed most of the special teams. But at the same time, I know, you know, the, the hands that they were left in are the best hands in the state. You know, I can't really say much about our coaching staff, you know, Coach – Coach Feely, Coach Edwards, Coach Hayden, Coach, Coach Robertson, Coach Summers, Coach Poole, Coach Fagan, Coach Smith. Uh, the list goes on, man. And I've got so many of them now. Coach Jett, you know, Coach Pinton, they all do such a great job of just being, you know, not just good football coaches but good mentors. But at the same time, they're good football coaches when it comes in the end and they know exactly we're all on the same page. And, and that's what shows. And so, man, it's just a good week, man. It's, it's, like I said, we're blessed to get it in today and hopefully we can get it in tomorrow. Coach, you mentioned in your uh, answer there, Cody, uh, about coaching a loose team. And so for me, from the outside in, I get to drop in and uh, hug their necks, high-five them, and have a good time with them. I don't have to worry about the result. Like, I'm undefeated broadcasting. <laughs> You've got to worry about the wins and losses. The, the balance of the joy coaching such a loose team and then at times it's got to be kind of tough, like, hey, are they too loose or do we have them focused? Kind of walk our listeners through that. I mean, you can ask them all. It drives me, it drives me crazy, actually, you know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm an uptight guy when it comes to this. I want to make sure we're doing everything we can to be prepared. And, 
But you know what? The guys get prepared. They take coaching well. And come Friday night when those lights kick on, that ball's kicked off, man. They're fully zoned in, locked in. And, you know, and it shows. So, you know, why change it? Why, change, why try to change their personality? You know, we're going off of their personality because, you know, those are the guys that are actually blocking and tackling and running the football and doing everything we're asking them to do. So, yeah, I mean, at times it drives me crazy, but you got to roll with the punches and just let them be them. And, man, it's been fun. Yeah, and them's been um, perfect up to this point. You get – uh, West Point, Cody, on Friday night. Um, I guess they're going to be in this game for the seventh year in a row. That blows my that blows my mind to say that. That says a ton about that program. And um, just kind of tell our listeners, you of course very familiar with West Point with the matchups recently. But your thoughts on on the West Point Green Wave? You know, you said the seven years in a row. They could really change the name to the West Point Invitational, but. <laughs> You know, our goal is to set out to make it the picking invitational. So, but their typical West Point team, uh, you know, they've reloaded. Uh, they look very familiar, just like the players they lost last year. I mean, that's just you know, a great program up there that Coach Chambers has. And, you know, they, they're, they're, they believe in what they do. They believe in, they love football. And so it's just going to be one of those, to me, it's going to be one of the best games you're going to see this weekend because it's going to be two programs that's, 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 that's got the same mentality when it comes to playing football, you know. It's, it might not be pretty all the time, but it's going to be old school football. Get down and hand in the dirt. Let's block. Let's tackle. Let's 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 execute the game plan how it's supposed to be, and it's going to be, you know, just a great football game, you know. So, yeah, we know they're out seeking a little revenge from last year, but at the same time, you know what? We, we're hungry as well. Our guys said after when we got home uh, for the state championship last year that we were working to get back, and you know they've done a great job of proving them, proving themselves right. When you look at it, and Dave, I'll get out your way after this one, but when you look at the yardage on the ground, Cody, as a former offensive lineman, when you combine the two, almost 9,000 yards between the two groups on the ground, you mentioned it's going to be a test of wheels, and, and both coaching staffs and both teams, I believe, will be hard-headed and believing in what's gotten them there. Some keys from, from you from what the Tide um, needs to do to be victorious on Friday night. I mean, it's the same thing week in, week out. You know, offensively, we got to stay ahead of the chains. we got to hold on to the football. Uh, we got a few wrinkles we're going to throw in there a little bit. You know, we get a chance to get over the top of them, we will. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we're going to do what's working. we got to do what's working for us. You know, it's, you know, it's just a battle of will in this game. So defensively, it's all about lining up. I mean, I feel like they're the only team that does more formations than we do. So it's it's about lining up correctly and just playing with a bad attitude, which I know our guys will. And uh, then special teams. Special teams can be big. This time of the year, special teams is always big. I mean, you got to win a special teams game in order to win big games like this. So, you know, you're going to see, you know, we've got a few things we've been working on and we've had up our sleeves all year. So, you know, we're going to do what's work. We've got to figure them out. they got to figure us out as well. So, like I said, it's going to come down to want to, some kind of effort and, uh, this is, you know, this, this is battle of will. One more, David, and I promise I'll get out your way. He brought up special teams. I thought a pivotal turning point was at the very beginning of the game this past week. Your offense, uh, I thought, had been stopped, was going to be uh, forced off the field in a punt situation. I thought a perfect play call executed uh, perfectly by Chris Davis in the punt game. How big was that, Cody, to be able to keep that offense on the field Early in that ball game. I mean, it's always good. Our offense, we always say our, off, our best defense is our offense on the field. And, you know, it was a perfectly played call because it worked. If it wouldn't have worked, you know, we might have been <laughs> talking different here. So, but, you know, we got a great athlete back there and uh, we work on it. We practice it week in, week out. So it was a good opportunity to use it, try to try to still like keep the possession alive. And it worked. We were able to go down and score. So um, it's just, you know, 
everything we work uh, every, we work on everything every week you know we don't ever just try to draw something up in the dirt and try trying try to get lucky everything we do is we work on it we believe in it and uh but yeah that was a, that was a big part of like you know we felt like we had an opportunity you know, so much faith in our defense we just get three you know we just went three and out with our defense and so we were able to keep the ball in our hands and and, and move it along so and of course you look at it you know we had an eight play, uh, eight minute drive there to start the second half so you know when you keep a play, when you keep an, an athlete like Caden Irvin off the field you know that's just that's just that's defense right there yes. really be honest offense using offense to play defense so you know give the guys credit in the offensive line they you know they, they they battled hard all night and I thought they had their best game of the year so but I don't think it's gonna be their best game I think we're gonna see even better one this Friday. David, you want to jump in? Yeah, I was just going to bring up the, the first thing you mentioned was talking about going to Jackson today or Clinton and doing the uh, 5A. I just want to bring up one point you had mentioned about Dante. You said that you were going to go as far as he, you know, he led y'all. I just want to talk about his leadership role in his team and how it's carried on because I know Clay isn't on the sideline, but I see it on the sideline that, uh, you know, he, he may have started this thing, but, man, y'all got a lot of leaders on this team. We do, and that's the thing. And Any great team is going to have great leaders. You know, you can have a good team who is led by coaches, but a great team is led by players, and we have a lot of great leaders on this football team. And it's not just one. Like you said, I think we have, you know, 22 to 30 of them. I mean, these guys bring a different element to the game, bring a different whether it's leading by example or just, you know, getting you hype like JB would or Mario would, you know. <laughs> they all bring something different. But in the end, it's all for a common goal, and it's the same goal. It's not for individual stuff. So, you know, it's always great to have that, you know, when especially when, when players lead the team, you know, you're just in there to make sure they get prepared. They're going to get themselves going and get ready to play. Yeah, you talk about the hype thing. I've had to learn to keep the camera on them a little bit longer to see what they do after a big play because, like, I know you, you, some of that may not be what the coaches want to see. You know, they just want them to get back and lined up. But – for Twitter, they like to see that stuff. I know, but you know what? You know, in the end, it's like that King Griffey Jr. commercial. Let the kids play. Yeah. You know, let them play. They're, you know, if, you know, if we were sitting here and we're six and four, we might be talking different right now. But, you know, the guys, they're playing well. They're doing everything in their ass. They, they show up every day ready to work. So, just we got to let them play. One yeah. thing, I enjoy being around this group and, and seeing their success. And my dad sitting, you know, right in front of us here. He's a pretty old-school sports fan. And so – one of the first things he picked up on him watching this team is, hey, they have a lot of fun, but rarely, if ever, is it at the opponent's expense. And I think that says a lot about their spirit, a lot about their competitiveness. Is They celebrate one another, but it's, it's really not a one-upsman type uh, celebration. So it's, it's, it's infectious, man. It's fun to be around. Right. And we, we've talked about it before. You know, winning is fun every day. So when you're winning, it's fun. Absolutely. Cody, you talked about, and David brought up the leadership. The will of this team's been tested on a couple of occasions. You look at the Gauthier game, you're able to come back, win that game in overtime, and then in a Wes Jones game, tested. Laurel was a test. How, how good do you feel after what we talked about, a running clock? We were sick of talking about a running clock. But you've had some tests running up to this Friday night. I mean, it's, it's exactly what you need this time of the year. I mean, every game is hard. I mean, we knew that going into the playoffs, you know, that everything's good. I mean, they wouldn't be there if they weren't. So, obviously, you know, I don't think the good thing is is nobody ever panicked. You know, players never panicked. Coaches never panicked. So, I'm sure some fans panicked. But we never panicked. We knew what we had. We knew what we had on the field. And we knew what we were capable of doing. So, you know, all the credit goes to the guys who are out there between the lines. You know, they're the ones who get it done day in, day out. 
they're the ones who perform on Friday nights, you know, so, you know, if, if, if what they do doesn't inspire you to be better, then I don't know what will. Yeah, you bring that up, Cody, because uh, during halftime, I'll come up and join Slick and Darren, and that's the first thing they ask me is, how's the sideline? And even in the West Jones game, I was like, there's no panic. Like, I, didn't, I don't know if I used the word panic, but that's a good word. I was like, they don't seem like there's really nothing wrong. They feel like they could be had, you know, they should be winning this game, so they're kind of mad about that. But other than that, I don't, I don't see no panic. No, I mean, and it's a belief system. You know, we believe that we, we're a better team when we're out there. And we believe that, you know, in order to beat us, we have to beat us. So, and so that's, that's why we look at it, and that's where we, you know, it's this prepared. That's how these kids are built, man. Like I said, so you know, and I, I'll keep going back to saying it. Like if you can't get if you can't get inspired, what you've seen these 54 kids doing on Friday nights, man, I feel sorry for you, and, and I wish you'd come out and, and enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to bring up one thing. To uh, I had to figure out what they meant with stamp the wall, coach. So uh, that's a pretty cool thing, and I hope uh, I'm just gonna say I hope we get to stamp that wall. Yeah, and it was more of lines of trying to find an easier way to say it when we break down after end of, after end of practice. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, put a number on the wall, put our number on the wall, something like that. And after somebody came up with stamp the ball, so we stuck with it, we rolled with it, and I like it. You know, that's a goal. You know, we we, we have goals every year, and our goal's been the same one since we left Hattiesburg, what, 360 something days ago. Well, I use that same thing, not in that reference, but when I used to help Adam coach. You know, or and then after helping Adam in junior high, that would be the thing, you know, because they'd lose, they all down, and I'm like, there's a bigger goal here, and we'd be practicing out there, and I'd be like, you see that on the wall? Like, that's the big, that's the goal here at Picky Union. It's not winning a junior high championship. Not, I mean, you want to win those things, but you can lose that and still get your name, you know, get the stamp the wall. Right, yep. Cody, next we'll have Adam uh, Feely and Coach Edwards, Coach Brian Edwards. Just speak to um, our listeners about what they mean to this program and what they mean to that offensive side of the ball. We'll let you kind of introduce them, and then we'll take a break, and they'll actually hear from those guys. But I wanted to kind of get your perspective on what those two coaches in particular mean to you and this team. Well, I mean, they're all real special. Every one of them real special. You know, they, we all have the same common goals, and that's to, make, to get these guys in a proper spot to be, be successful and hopefully uh, – help create just you know young men for the future you know uh but coach edwards you know of course you know his story doesn't even be told he's been around he's a mentor of mine and knows this offense inside and out and knows just about everything you could throw at him and, and coach feely has just done a, such a great job of being able to be innovative with our offense you know and take some old school stuff make it some new school and but these guys you know they work hard every day just like everybody else and you know the, the ultimate you know with ultimate goal is all the same you know there's is we want to see these guys win and be successful. And, uh, you know, we got the right guys for it right there in those spots right there with Coach Edwards and Coach Feely. I agree. Coach, thank you for your time. We'll take a two-minute break. When we return, we'll have Adam Feely and uh, Coach, John, uh, Coach Edwards on with us as we continue to break down uh, Picayune and West Point on Friday night for the 5A state championship. Healthy pets, happy people, exceptional medicine, compassionate care. That's our motto at the Animal Health Clinic in Picayune. Located at 500 Kelly Road, we are equipped with the latest veterinary technology and provide a full menu of animal health services, including after hours emergencies. Dr. Alan Smith invites you to join our clinic family by checking out our website at ahcpicayune.com or calling us at 601-799-1300.
Josh and Jeremy Robertson, owners of Robertson Brothers Used Cars, have proudly been serving Picayune, Poplarville, and all surrounding area for over 10 years. They hang their hats on being lifetime residents of Pearl River County and take pride in serving their community, not only with quality used cars, but also with helping out local youth in any way possible. Robertson Brothers Used Cars are located at 617 Highway 11 South in Picayune. Give them a call at 601-799-1220 or look them up on the web at robertsonbrothersusedcars.com. Since 2017, Cruz Law Firm has provided a variety of legal services to their clients in South Mississippi. Their team will work hard for you to get the results that you need. You'll always be given the utmost respect and your case will be treated with the priority that it deserves. Cruz Law Firm works with the security title and is a member of the American Land Title Association. They have two locations to serve you at 1016 6th Avenue in Picayune and 300 Highway 11 Suite 4 in Popperville, or you can give them a call at 769-242-2500. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's small businesses, family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance, the local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Popleville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Kazan, or me, Ross Gilbo, at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Now we have Adam Feely and Brian Edwards, uh, assistant coaches on the offensive side, the offensive coordinator, and Adam Feely, and the offensive line coach and Coach Edwards. Guys, thank you all for taking time tonight. Thanks, Thanks for having us. We appreciate you all. We know it's a busy week. And um, let's talk about that, the blessing to be playing. As in a couple of days, we'll turn the calendar to December. That's pretty exciting times, right? Yeah, it's great. Anytime you get to this point, we always say it's fun to practice during Thanksgiving week, but the best practice is coming this week. So we're excited for our team, excited for our senior class. I mean, they, you know, they're getting their last Monday, their last Tuesday, their last Wednesday, not, you know, wishing for tomorrow. So they get to enjoy this week, and, and we're excited about it. Absolutely. Coach, I wanted to ask you, Coach Edwards, your uh, joy in coaching this offensive line and seeing the success that ultimately the backs have right when you have a guy win the 5a uh, mr 5a and idell but uh, you've been around this long enough to know a lot of that certainly starts up front how fun has this team been for you to coach this year well I, i'm gonna be real honest in the, in the beginning it was real tough <laughs> yeah. and these guys can vouch for that but but i think they've grown as a bunch and 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 matured and uh it's it's been fun because they to see them do that, you know, uh, every week get a little better and a little better. And and this time of year, this is when they shine the best. So we hope they do Friday night. Absolutely, Coach. Um, I'll get Adam's opinion on this. He mentioned it. If you look for holes or spots that you had to kind of replace, Picking was blessed with a lot coming back. But you looked at the offensive line, and there was a couple spots there that needed to be uh, filled. How do you think – 
that has progressed through the year and Coach Steiner just said maybe the best game just a week ago. That's a really good thing, right? Yeah, as a unit, we played our our best game, and that's what you want. You know, going in a championship game, you want to be playing your best. We hadn't had a game that we played with you know no penalties and no fumbles, and we were able to do that this past week against Gaucher. Um, You know, this unit was kind of you know we didn't know where it was going to stand during the spring. Um, you know, we had kind of an iffy spring and trying to fill some spots. We had some guys in different places there, and then when we got through the summer. You know, through those practices and then through the fall camp, we kind of moved some guys around and, and found the, you know, the right puzzle pieces and fit them in there. And Coach Edwards does a great job with that offensive <laughs> line. Um, some of the knuckleheads that he has to, you know, teach, I mean, he, he does a great job with them and, and the things that they learned and how, how much better they are, especially the sophomores. I mean, they're coming in bright-eyed, you know, never been in a big game. You know, we use those first four games to kind of, you know, throw them into the fire. So with the way they were able to grow – and, you know, now, now we're in, a, in the film room, you know, getting ready for this week with West Point, and, and their eyes are a little bit big again. So, you know, those leaders that we're expecting that have been in the big show, expecting to, you know, take them underneath their wing, and they have this week, and we've had a couple of good days of practice. Coach Edwards, do you think uh, the center, uh, Brandon Williams, hears your uh, voice? Is he sleeping at oh, night? Yeah. You've been out there. <laughs> You've been out there. You've seen it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go back and say this, though, and, 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 the, and the good thing about this year, we got three eyes on them all the time. And we got two of them. I'm coaching with two of my ex-linemen that mm-hmm. I've coached, so – they they know what they're looking forward to, so it's been a it's been a collective unit with all three of us. It's it hadn't just been me because I I, I couldn't have done it by myself. <laughs> Adam, talk about that. You and Cody both um, have been under Coach Edwards' tutelage. How cool is that? As the as Cody said, a mentor to be able to kind of uh, piece those together and and to be able to flesh out plans and and get the offense rolling together yeah i mean there's no better way to learn from somebody who taught you you know you're underneath his wing you know coach Edwards that can get we talk about not getting too high too low when we're on the sideline everybody just kind of stay in between and that's how you know how he's always been and i think that is why our offense doesn't we don't freak out when bad things happen you know we, we stay the course and and you know that, that pays dividends what he's able to teach these young men and um, and be around him is 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 a good time. So, um, you know, hopefully I'll get in a position where I'm, you know, older like him and get to, co- you know, coach with some of the guys that I was able to coach. So, um, you know, it's been a great couple of years being under, you know, with him, working with him instead of, um, you know, under him. But it's it's been great. We always, as a crew, when we credit the offensive line, we try to credit the fullbacks, whether it be uh, Darnell Smith or Conti. We always try to kind of lump them together. Is that kind of how y'all see it as y'all grade out and, and looking at uh, their responsibility as going out and getting a, a, a backer or a lineman? Uh, we use some of our backs, and this is an extension of our linemen. I mean, our, and, and we all know this, one of, our, one of our key players to our offense is our fullback. He, may, he does, he makes things go, and he's, uh, he's very valuable. And, and I could actually take him and play him at an offensive guard. He's that kind of football player. And then you take our wing back, he's the same way. Uh, his brother, <clears throat> uh, Darrell, and he, uh, He's the same type of player. Now, him we can put at 
few more places. Uh, I'm trying to find a spot I, I you couldn't. I don't think we yeah. would we would put him at guard. I just don't <laughs> see uh, he could do it, but I won't think yeah. we would do it. Yeah, him and Peyton Wells a little a little different athlete there, and that's yeah. not too big a knock on Peyton. Peyton yeah. will chuckle when he hears that, but. Uh, four's a special, special sophomore. There's no – that's what Ricky Glenn says. I don't know why you don't just write that on your roster yeah. for him because I, I don't think I've mentioned Darrell without that in front of him. Well, we always, we always say it was like we got to – you know, Dante's a tailback. He's got TB. You know, uh, Darnell's a fullback. He has FB. And then we're like, well, we're going to put Darrell. We'll just put ATH, yes, athlete. You just go wherever, yeah, we, wherever we need you to go. So Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Dave, you want to jump in the mix here? Yeah, I want to talk about – I was going to talk about the wingback position, but uh, I want to go back to – I want to talk about the guards because both of them bent – that's the that's – the, well, two guards and you have a gauge. So what, what value, I mean, are they going to have this week? I shouldn't say value, <laughs> but I'm talking about has preparing for this week. I mean – you, is is Brennan going to you know Brennan can look to his right and left and he's got two guys that were there last year. Uh, no doubt the experience has helped surrounding Brennan because uh, he he has needed it mm-hmm. and, and not just him uh, but the, the others too because those two guards have played a lot of snaps. They know a lot of football. They're they're our coaches on the field. Yeah. There's no doubt and. Uh, and so they kind of help the others, and, and but their experience from being in it last year, engaged, you know, has helped a lot this week for preparing for this and the whole year because they know what's expected. Yeah, and then you got to think West Point's going to be just as prepared. They're used to this too. I you mean, bet. <laughs> seven in a row. But uh, talk a uh, <clears throat> talk a little bit about Brady coming in, and you know he was a backup last year. And he's had to take on this role of being a starting quarterback this year. I know um, that's a big task here at Picayune. I mean, because I'm, I'm just going to say, I mean, every quarterback in their mind, when you're growing up, you're thinking of a thrower. And then now when you come in here, he's, he brings a lot of value as, you know, he does throw the ball and he throws the ball extremely well. But he's also got to be called on the block. And that's mm-hmm. some of, sometimes that's hard to ask for a, a quarterback. But we just seem to find guys every year that are willing to go out and do that blocking. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Brady was, you know, one play away from, you know, being in the state championship game last year. I mean, he's a good backup for us, and he, he fought for that spot last year. Underwood was just able to finish out. But, you know, Brady, you know, came in this year knowing he's going to be the guy, you know, took on that role. The leadership that he has back there is irreplaceable, you know. Um, he's able to, you know, push the field, extend the field because he can throw the ball so much. So, you know, opponents have to respect that, especially, you know, throwing the fade ball, being able to throw the ball across the middle quick quick outs, those type of things, quick completions, uh, get the ball to your athletes. Um, you know, we, we worked on footwork. We worked on, you know, everybody thinks it's easy just to toss the power to Dante, but there's a lot of footwork that goes into it. It's not easy to play quarterback at, at picking. And everybody thinks, oh, you just hand the ball to those athletes and let them run. There's a lot that goes into it. And plus, you just got to have a feel for the game, too. And Brady does a good job of that, working snap counts, not freaking out, keeping everybody calm and under control. Um, and you could tell that, you know, towards the middle of the end of Gauthier game where he was just kind of taking control of the game where he was running quarterback sneaks, and we trust him to do that. And, you know, he had that confidence in him, and he was exuding that. And, you know, that's, you know, that's a good thing about him. You know, I, I love having him back there, uh, and we trust him with, you know, with that, all of our offense. Yeah, I think this year, I don't know. I mean, we don't keep count of that, Clay, but I think we've had more teams jump off sides because of Brady's count 
this year than we've had in the past. Well, our offense jumps offside during practice yeah. during the week, too, because of it. <laughs> but we do it during the week you know, and not during games, which is a good thing. But, yeah, his, his snap count, you know, it took some work during the spring. Um, but we got it fixed, and, you know, everybody's on the same page together. You know, being able to work that, you know, is an advantage to us because now we can kind of fire off. When you look at it, Coach Edwards, and, and this has been really a staple of, of picking football for a long time now, but the all, undersized offensive lineman, I, I picked on Peyton Wells a, a minute ago, but him and Quentin, they're what I would say undersized, but they get the job done. Uh, the technique, the footwork involved, as Adam just talked about in the pass game or the pitch team, but what it takes to get that done at that size. Oh, no doubt. And and I, I think I've said this before and I've said it all, for a long time. Our offense, our offense is built to go forward. And and these guys are built for it. They're, you know, they're good athletes, but, but they're they're smart and I said that, but their footwork and but they couldn't probably play anywhere else in the state because this offense allows them to play and and uh and I think that's the big key to it, you know, it's those undersized linemen. But we got to have kids that can move and they can they got good footwork, as Adam said earlier. And, uh, and that, you know, I, you see some of these big linemen on these other teams that can't move. They couldn't play for us. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, our offense allows that for them. And you say undersized linemen, I mean – a lot of teams we play, they look, you know, we got big defensive tackles that are 6'5", six, 6'4", six, and they're kind of, you know, their chest is blown out, and they're like, yeah, I'm about to bring it to these guys until they get trapped or until it's the fourth quarter and they're still coming at you and, and the other teams, they're gassed. So that makes a big difference. Those guys have a lot of heart. Um, Cody said before, our, our two guards and our, our center, our backfield outweighs them, you know, our three guys in the backfield. So, but their heart is, is huge, and you can't beat that. Yeah, and I wanted to go back and spotlight a guy I probably don't do as good a job as I should spotlighting throughout the year. We'll have a chance here, and that's Quentin. I mean, he's a ball player, is he not? I mean, you talked about Darrell being able to put him a lot of different spots and being able to – you could put Quentin, and we got saw glimpses of him being able to play defense, and he could certainly go do that. He's a heck of a football player, right? Oh, no doubt. It, you know, when he was a sophomore – he he was just on the verge of playing other positions, but we he was so key to our offense last year, and and we just couldn't afford to lose him anywhere else. Uh, and and as we go along, our, our depth we haven't had a lot of depth. So so Quentin would probably play a little bit more on defense. We didn't need him so much on offense, and and we'd have to juggle people around. But you know. That, that's just been we've just that's just one of those years, couple of years we've had. You know, we usually have several linemen, but but Quentin could play other places. There's no doubt. You know, we're usually more on defense, and he could play wing back. He could he could play a lot of positions. Quentin's really? that type of kid. I think Seth's pretty blessed on the defensive side already. Yeah, he's, <laughs> got, he's got some some vultures over there for sure. <laughs> he does. He does. We'll visit with him next. We'll visit with defensive coordinator. Uh, Seth Hayden, before we go to that break, I wanted to get y'all's perspective on uh, the job. I, I like to kind of do this inside of a staff on the job that uh, Seth does and his prep on film work. And then as, as y'all get to go against his, those monsters he has on defense, 
helps uh, prep this offense, certainly. Um, there's not a, a, a guy that works harder than Seth Aiden, I can guarantee you that. His family hates it because he's probably gone all the time and he's working and he's constantly doing film. Uh, but he, he's, he's in that film room. He prepares his kids, you know, to, for a fight every week. And that's shown, you know, amount of points that we've given up this year. It's probably the best defense that we've had in school history. Um, and, that, and that's, that's some big words right there. So, um, you know, I try to give him a hard time because I run the scout offense against him. <laughs> so I try to give him, you know, some little kinks here and there to try to try to mess with him and mess with his guys to keep him off, you know, unbalanced a little bit. And I think that that pays off in the games, too, because they're not ready for some stuff. And that prepares him for that. But like I said, there's his staff on, on, a, on the defensive side, uh, we're all a unit, but they, those guys work really hard. Absolutely. When we return, we'll hear from defensive coordinator Seth Hayden after this two-minute timeout. The Labor and Delivery Unit at Highland Community Hospital is proud to welcome new babies and support growing families in our community. Our qualified, caring staff, along with state-of-the-art technology, make Highland Community Hospital a wonderful place to welcome your new baby. So call 601-358-9422 to schedule your appointment today or visit highlandch.com forward slash here for you. Bank with your hometown bank, FNB Picune Bank. With four branches in Picune, a branch in Poplarville and Wiggins, and soon to have a branch in the Kiel. The name has changed, but the employees continue to be the same friendly faces offering you the same great service. So do your banking with your hometown bank. Healthy pets, happy people, exceptional medicine, compassionate care. That's our motto at the Animal Health Clinic in Picayune. Located at 500 Kelly Road, we are equipped with the latest veterinary technology and provide a full menu of animal health services, including after-hours emergencies. Dr. Alan Smith invites you to join our clinic family by checking out our website at ahcpicayune.com or calling us at 601-799-1300. Josh and Jeremy Robertson, owners of Robertson Brothers Used Cars, have proudly been serving Picayune, Poplarville, and all surrounding area for over 10 years. They hang their hats on being lifetime residents of Pearl River County and take pride in serving their community not only with quality used cars, but also with helping out local youth in any way possible. Robertson Brothers used cars are located at 617 Highway 11 South in Picayune. Give them a call at 601-799-1220 or look them up on the web at robertsonbrothersusedcars.com. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's small businesses, family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance, the local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Poplarville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Fazan, or me, Ross Gilbo, at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Welcome back. Here's we'll get a chance to visit with defensive coordinator Seth Hayden. Seth, thanks for taking time for us. Oh, yeah, anytime, man. 
Seth, let's talk about your defensive unit, man. What a great ball game a week ago, particularly <coughs> mm -hmm. in that second half. How exciting uh, was that to see your young men make the plays they made there throughout the ball game, but that second half was awesome. Just man. to see the kids go out there and perform on Friday is the, the greatest accomplishment of, you know, of being a coach you know you put in a game plan and you watch them go out there and execute it to perfection and that's what they did you know we line them up and try to put them in the best spots but i tell everybody i don't make a single tackle i don't line up between those lines anymore you know it's all about those guys executing and you know we had a saying today and i told our boys you know of course we're playing for the state championship and west point is tough but you know we're going to put them out there but it's going to boil down to not scheme not anything that we've done it's going to boil down to the, the guys going out there and making the play. And uh, I'm just so proud of these guys. I mean, everybody that's played on defense this year, I mean, you give them all the credit. They're awesome. They are, man. And I wanted to um, try to highlight some guys. We camp out, man. Look, I'm in love with 29. If you mm -hmm. listen to yep. our broadcast, it's, it's easy to hear that. He's so fun to cheer for and to pull for for the way that – that he plays, his, his personality, as we talk about Amarion Tyson. Waller's getting um, recruited mm -hmm. heavy yes, and plenty of attention. But what about guys like Robert Williams, some yep. guys like that, that some glue-type guys that are right where you need them to be? Oh, yeah. to spotlight some of those guys. Well, so. well it, you said it best. You know, those guys, we play selfless defense. You know, it, it's all about the greater good of stopping their offense, and that's all is what it's about. They they put their selfish ambitions to the side about who makes tackles, who's got the most. You know, they put all that aside. The only thing that matters, the one stat that matters to us, is winning the football game. Did we hold them to less points than the other opponent? But you know, look at a guy like Robert Williams. You know, Robert was going into the season as a backup, and you know he worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and. Um, he was wound up being a starter going into Popperville, and he started the opposite opposition of uh, Tyrell, and he plays his tail off. You know, now he's in an opportunity where he's been a starter for the past 14 weeks. Uh, so he's a tremendous football player. Uh, you look at guys like Demaris McGee. Demaris was our starting safety two years ago. Moves to Georgia, comes back, winds up getting back in the starting rotation and everything. Uh, does a tremendous job for us. Um, he's always where we need him to be as far as coverage. He knows what to do as far as uh, lining up to formations. I mean, these guys are, are, are priceless to have. They're priceless. You look at uh, D. McGee, he's in the house somewhere in here. He's always got kind Shout of that out. almost uh, <laughs> sleepy look to him. It's hard to get him to, That's to his kind demeanor, of, yeah, but he's yeah. always locked in. He's trying to get a smile out of him. We almost pried one out. But yeah. what about his hand, Seth? You talk oh. about, I mean, that ball that he picked <laughs> off on Friday night was a hot tip. That yeah. wasn't one of these tip drills that you can just run underneath. That was a heck of a When catch. I saw him in the eighth grade, when, when I saw him playing uh, junior high football, I said, man, that kid's going to be something special because you could just see the raw talent and athletic ability that he had. So uh, we knew that, man, when, when, when he was moving back from Georgia that we, we got a gym. So that's awesome to have right there. He made a really good catch. I believe it was the East Central week, made a dive and mm -hmm. laid out um, catch there. Your secondary, the, the takeaway rate, the latter half of this year right. really starting to take the ball away. Seth, is that a – I mean, you talk about putting them where they need to be, but is that a 
conservative talking point on, hey, well, we've got to turn folks over. Yeah, yeah. We, that's always one of our goals to have at least, you know, four more turnovers a game. And, and if we can create four more turnovers a game, we're going to win a lot of football games. And, and, like, for the first part of the season, we didn't create as many turnovers as we wanted. But as we got into this later year, we are starting to get more turnovers and having more turnover opportunities. But, yeah, that is always a point of emphasis is, you know, create turnovers, no missed tackles. Uh, and try not to let the opponent score. <laughs> well, and you talk about score. Uh, I'm not going to say a busted coverage. Of really, I thought he was on his hip and in a pretty good spot on Friday night, mm-hmm. and that was not key. Right, right. But you you give up a play. That's going to happen defensively, <laughs> I mean, right? And then yeah. he, I mean, he. I've been so impressed when your defensive backs or, or whoever right. gets beaten. They're, like, right back. I yeah. mean, they, they don't let it Well, you got to think them. about it. I mean, those guys practice, too. They're in the South State Championship sure. game, too. So, they're good. And, uh, he, I mean, he's an All-American. So, he, he threw that ball where the ball needed to be placed. I mean, there's just, there's just no rhyme yeah. or reason behind it. Now, he had great coverage. He just dropped it into where only his guy could make the catch, and he did. And, uh, you know, you – Hats off to Gaucher and all that, and you know they had a great year. But um, you know our our kids, you know they rose to the occasion and they do every single week. They rise to the occasion and, and they accept the challenge of who they're facing, and um, they always respond. And I'm, I just couldn't be any prouder of those guys. Yeah, I like your word there, respond. That's what I always see from up top watching. I'm a big body language studier mm-hmm. and yeah. look, and I was like, you just never see that if the head drops, it doesn't stay there for long for any of your 11 or really 15 or 16 mm-hmm. that you've been able to, right. to rotate in. Um, so that's a big part of it. Dave, I'll let you jump in here, man. No, yeah, I was just going to touch on the Gauthier game real quick about the, the, the job that y'all did as a coaching staff of seeing right. the adjustments from the first game to the mm-hmm. second game. I just want to commend y'all on that because I thought, like, I thought you came in with – I mean, obviously, by the points on the board, you came in with a great game plan. Yes, sir. So uh, what did you see in that game that you thought you needed to do a little different? Well, so it all goes back to three years ago, back to when in 2020, my first year as the coordinator, um, we tried to play a zone defense concept against him, and he picked us apart as a sophomore. Caden Irvin was a sophomore. So then we, you know, talked through some coaches, uh, and me and Coach Todd, we, we had an agreement, hey, let's blitz him in 2021. Let's just put pressure and try to get there, get him off his mark, and that worked. Well, the kid must have went to a camp, and, you know, he's going to improve. And we tried to go in there with that same plan the first time we played him, and he just he stood in the pocket. We didn't razzle him. We didn't get him off his mark. He delivered. They threw hot when they replayed, when we blitzed the linebacker. So you could you tip your hat. Offense bailed us out in that one, giving up uh, 42 points. But um, when – when you play a good team like that, you got to understand, hey, we, we did something and they were able to capitalize, so let's change it up and go with this game plan. And then, you know, we all come together as a staff. It's, it's not something that I just always come up with. You know, we do this together. We work together. Uh, we had the agreement, hey, let's come in with a three-man front. Let's try to force them to run the football, do something that they don't want to do, and uh, we'll play coverage and see if we could turn the tide. And, you know, we saw that they – um, had trouble running the football, and we believed in our guys to cover, and we believed in our guys, our, our three-man front, Zay, JB, Monte, uh, Tristan Cooper, Big Mike, to come in and rush three, get a pass rush with three, and, and stop the run. And we did all those things. So, I mean, like I said, we put the plan out there, but the kids executed, and, I mean, they deserve all the credit for it. Yeah, and I thought from watching the first game, when I found out y'all were going to run a three-man front, I thought it was perfect because – 
I was surprised. I mean, the pressure that our ends mm -hmm. were able to get in the first game, even though you were yeah. blitzing a lot, it was JB and Waller yeah. back there a lot of the times, mm -hmm. and Zay. So it was like it just made perfect sense. So uh, hats off to you guys, and I know you always give credit to the to the kids every time, and they um, they played well. I want to touch on one guy I don't think I've ever interviewed, and I need to interview. I don't know if I've ever interviewed Coach Summers. So just talk <laughs> a little bit about Coach Summers on the Coach uh, Summers. He he's 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 a great coach, man. He brings in. Uh, another perspective, he brings in some wisdom, uh, some experience of been there, done that type deal. He always, he's, he's, the, he's our guy that, hey, you know, what if we did this? You know, hey, what do you like about this? You know, he's always bringing that, that other perspective, which we need as a staff. That's why you have, a, you have a staff, to bring in those different looks and the different perspectives. And he coaches our linebackers, and he does a tremendous job of getting them, you know, uh, playing with great technique to read their keys when they have to, getting their drops and coverage. And, uh, it, I mean, it, it shows, you know, we went from the, the first Gaucher game and we worked on our drops and everything, and then the next game we play Laurel, we get four interceptions you know, three from our linebackers. So that's, you know, you could tell that it's just great, and he does a great job of our uh, coaching our linebackers. Yeah, and Love also – Love having them around. Also, Coach Poole, who coaches your DBs. Yeah. Um, when I helped – he helped in junior high when I was there. Yeah. And he always wanted to put the pads. I think he's probably grown out of that. <laughs> yeah, he don't yes. want to put the pads on anymore, so that's good. But talk a little bit about what Coach Poole – because he – He's got to be – is he the youngest? He's the young – I believe it's either him or Coach Smith, but I think it's – Okay, they're, yeah, they're, they're about the same. same because they, yeah, that's right, because we talked about the uh, – They played that against, PRC yeah. game. Yeah, yeah they played. So, so him relating to the kids a little bit. But I know Coach Smith, he, they're about the same age, but Coach Smith didn't play at Picayune. Mm -hmm. So he's well, kind of he, like you – know, so Picayune does a great job of keeping the people that worked at Picayune and graduated at Picayune at Picayune. Right. Um, you look at, you know, Coach Stogg. At Picayune his whole life, you know, Coach Feely at Picayune his whole life. Coach Edwards has been at Picayune for years, um, uh, and now you got Coach Poole, who he brings in a, a young, vibrant uh, energy to our staff. Uh, he's able to relate with the kids a lot more. Um, that's not that we don't, but right. he's able to communicate with them, and um, he he does a great job of working technique and and uh, teaching those kids how to cover and and what to look for and how to play play Picayune football. When you and we're talking about coaches, I'll get to I think the last one on that defensive yeah. staff, and that's uh, Coach Smith. I pick on him yep. about the group he's coaching. Uh, that is a group <laughs> there, man. That yeah. is some talented um, young men that he gets the pleasure of coaching with Waller, mm -hmm. uh, Mac Williams, Coleman, and as you mentioned, a uh, big Mike Smith and Tristan Cooper rotating in, or if Tristan uh, catches the start there with a four-man front, um, his. His job as a, a coach, and then I want to kind of camp out on that defensive line. So to, yeah. to me, that is just such a special well, unit, man. you know, the heart and soul of any football team is the offense and defensive line. You know, you can't you, – whoever you have there running or throwing, if you don't have a great offense and defensive line to, to win in the trenches, I mean – it's not gonna. It's not gonna work. So you know, credit to our guys up front, our offensive defensive line, and Coach Edwards, uh, and what they do on the offensive line, and, and Coach Smith on the defensive line. But yeah, uh, Coach Smith does a great job. He teaches a, you know a lot of technique and how to play and use their hands. You know, things that are valuable uh, in playing at a high level of football. Um, so we're not just coming off the ball, just you know, trying to just bull rush people. We are playing with some type of finesse. Um, on the defensive front, and he does a great job. They they get extra film study. Uh, he checks in on them, make sure their 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 grades are up, that they're doing what they're supposed to be, doing what they're supposed to do as far as being a student athlete and, and a student of the game. 
you talked about hands, and I know you're talking about maybe getting off a block, but what about the hands, the, the connection there where Waller creates the deflection, and then you have uh, J.B. McWilliams, or was it reverse? It was reverse, reverse. Yeah, J.B.'s yeah. hanging on him, and Waller makes the catch. How special a play was that, man? When you can get pass rush with three people, when you can stop a run, and you can create pass deflections and interceptions like that with just rushing three, you're going to have a lot of success when a team throws the football 90% of the time. So um, it's going to be a completely revolt, uh, role reverse this, this week coming up, playing a team that runs the ball 80 95% of the time. Um, so it's going to get down and ugly and dirty, and uh, our boys are up for the challenge. You know, they, they feel um, that they have an opportunity to really, you know, step forward and uh, make their mark in history and picking football. And, uh, you know, it, it's all going to come down to, you know, the, the battle of the line of scrimmage, offense and defensively, I think, you know, and um, that's how we feel. And our, our coaches and our players are bought into, you know, hey, this is going to be a tough physical ball game. And, we got to go out there and play our best because they're a really good football team. All right, Seth, I talked about it, and we'll get you out of here on this one. I've got to go back to it. 29, he's listed in a program, I believe, at 5'6", 151. I'm looking down. He's got over that in tackles. What is it like to coach him on a daily basis? And from my perspective, just to watch him max out what God's given him, mm -hmm. Uh, defensively at that linebacker spot. Well, he ha he just has a natural nose and a natural instinct for the football. I mean, you you can't coach that. That's just God-given ability that he has. So what we try to do is just maximize his knowledge of the game. And I tell him, I said, son, where can you take your game to the ne how can you take your game to the next level? And that's being a student of the game, being a coach on the field, knowing what they know and you're the opposition. So he's done a really good job this year of studying film, studying the opponent. He has just as many film hours and minutes as I do. Um, he's always asking questions. He's very into it. So that puts you in a position to be very successful. I was reading a book about uh, discipline, and uh, it talked about Mike Singletary. He wasn't a very big linebacker played in the NFL, but he's a Hall of Famer for the fact that he would study film over and over and over. He would know what they were running, what the opponent was running, even when they broke the huddle before they even ran the play, just because of you study film. And that's what Amarion's starting to do. He's starting to really buy into it and believe in it. He's having this success. And all our kids actually do. If you go check the film time on huddle, we, everybody has several hours log on huddle that they're watching, and, which is huge, especially playing a team like West Point who does so much. So, you know, credit to our kids for really – working hard on that absolutely and as your uh, staff said your your time and huddle so valuable <laughs> to the whole program so yeah. it's much appreciated by everybody involved thank you Seth for this time. I appreciate it yes sir thank you we'll take a two-minute break when we return we'll have wide receivers coach Josh Robertson and uh, after this two-minute timeout Dungan Engineering is a proud sponsor of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast and the Talking Ball Y'all media group providing live coverage. Dungan Engineering provides service, strength, and solutions. Dungan Engineering has an incredibly talented and experienced staff that consistently seeks new ways to provide the services we provide to our clients. Our strength in part is rooted in our ability to provide superior engineering solutions, utilizing the latest technology available. 
with the simple mission of improving the quality of life in the communities we serve. Bank with your hometown bank, FNB Picayune Bank. With four branches in Picayune, a branch in Poplarville and Wiggins, and soon to have a branch in the Keel. The name has changed, but the employees continue to be the same friendly faces, offering you the same great service. So do your banking with your hometown bank. Since 2017, Cruz Law Firm has provided a variety of legal services to their clients in South Mississippi. Their team will work hard for you to get the results that you need. You'll always be given the utmost respect and your case will be treated with the priority that it deserves. Cruz Law Firm works with the security title and is a member of the American Land Title Association. They have two locations to serve you at 1016 6th Avenue in Picayune and 300 Highway 11 Suite 4 in Poplarville, or you can give them a call at 769-242-2500. Healthy pets, happy people, exceptional medicine, compassionate care. That's our motto at the Animal Health Clinic in Picayune. Located at 500 Kelly Road, we are equipped with the latest veterinary technology and provide a full menu of animal health services, including after-hours emergencies. Dr. Alan Smith invites you to join our clinic family by checking out our website at ahcpicayune.com or calling us at 601-799-1300. Josh and Jeremy Robertson, owners of Robertson Brothers Used Cars, have proudly been serving Picayune, Poplarville, and all surrounding area for over 10 years. They hang their hats on being lifetime residents of Pearl River County and take pride in serving their community, not only with quality used cars, but also with helping out local youth in any way possible. Robertson Brothers Used Cars are located at 617 Highway 11 South in Picayune. Give them a call at 601-799-1220 or look them up on the web at robertsonbrothersusedcars.com. Now back with Josh Robertson, the wide receivers coach for the Picayune Maroon Tide, and I'll have to do the listeners um, not in here. People in here is going to know, but I'll have to do like I do on Friday nights. I'll have to give all my L's for uh, – Bulldog, I'll call him Josh, I'll call him Bully, and I'll call him Bulldog. That's how I have to do with Ricky Glenn. I call him Slick and Rick and Ricky Whitaker throughout. So hopefully I don't lose you. Thank you, Bully, for joining us, Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate what you do for the uh, Pick You Maroon Tide program. Let's start there. You're the wide receivers coach. Your son's the quarterback. What type of uh, dynamic does that create? And then how do you and Brady kind of handle that? Well, I'm probably a little too hard on Brady every day. You know, Coach, Coach Adam is the uh, offensive coordinator, and I'm always in the back uh, <laughs> giving them a little extra because, you know, it just, it just comes natural just because it's been like that our whole life. But, um, no, it is, it is kind of it's, – it's different, but it's a blessing. That's the way I look at it. I'm just glad that I'm there because I've been there with him all the way through, and, and you don't really see that a lot of times, and, and, and it's been – it's been great to be a part of it. It's been great to be with him and all of his friends and, and you know, really like a, a, a bunch of sons to me, you know. So, like, to see them every day, be able to be, be at practice with them every day, 
uh, you know, it gets interesting sometimes, you know what I'm saying, because I'm close to so many of them. But um, it's definitely been a blessing to be a part of. Bullet, you mentioned it kind of there in your answer, the time that you've taken with this group of kids. And then I know with uh, Colt, your younger son, you'll kind of have a part two of that coming along. But um, you, you mentioned your blood son and Brady, but the others, how cool is it to see them have the success last year with the state title and then continue on and have a chance to go historically back yes. to back. Yep, we're trying to break history and make history. And it's just, to, to, to me, like just watching them grow up and just watching them develop and all the hard work they've put in throughout the years, they've always been winners. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, like they, like Coach always says, you got to hate to lose more than you love to win. And the thing is, that's how they are. They're, you don't see many losses. I'm talking about for years and years. They, they don't lose. And, then, and um, you know, they, they do whatever it takes to win. And, and just watching them develop and watching them get stronger and faster and, and actually taking care of their business at school, um, being like in the streets, they're, they're, you know what I'm saying, they're great kids, they're respectful. Um, you know, they got the whole package, and, that, and I think that's why we're seeing a lot of success because, you know, these, these are great kids. You mentioned, you mentioned taking care of your business. It's a point I made because, look, I'm, I'm older now, but I know what a knucklehead is, and I've been one certainly a bunch of, of times in my life, and I know what a full week off of school gives you a lot of knucklehead time. I thought we looked really intact and in shape last week late in that ball game and that's not an easy week for 16 17 18 year old kids to to be that way i wanted you to kind of uh, go further into that and the way that they do take care of themselves well to me they're such a close-knit group and they love each other so much and they hang out with each other a lot of them you know are at the house a lot of them are you know together some a bunch of them are together every day. So, I mean, they're, they're making sure they're holding each other accountable. They have fun together. A lot of them are playing games and stuff like that. You know, of course, people are like, oh, you know, you want to play video games. But, heck, they're staying out of trouble. They're, you know, uh, me, I just want them to eat good and, and, and be together and just, you know, and that's really what they did all through the Thanksgiving holidays. Is, and this is what they've been doing for a long time, Clay. Like, you know, they'll – it's really like innocent fun. If anybody knows knucklehead, you know I was a knucklehead. So really, like that's what I try to do more than anything is tell them what not to do because I did it. Sure. So. Well, and there's a lot of grace and mercy from from the good Lord and then wisdom. Absolutely. In that, um, when you look at um, the way that the wide receiver group, that's a tough group in in this offense. Look, Cody and them have left, but I know they're listening somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And that Dodley, ever, I mean. That, that's the truth of the matter, just Absolutely. because of, of the touches. The quarterback's just not going to put it in the air a whole lot. And so they have to be locked in for maybe at a high mark 10 or 12 opportunities throughout a game, and that's a high mark. What is the challenge to kind of keep them there, keep them locked in every drill? I mean, I get the chance to get out there a good bit. I know that you drill them, but to keep them sharp. Well, Cody asked me to be to come coach the receivers, and – I was really like when he said it I was like you know that's really something I'm interested in like I'm a big guy but I'm believe it or not I'm a skill guy you know what I'm saying and it's like uh, when he said you know come coach receivers I was like man well I got quarterbacks um, I would love to see us get so good at it and just sharp so sharp at it that that we can trust it you know what I'm saying and I mean I know I know what we do here and I've, I've watched it for years and years and the thing is I prepared my kids for this this 
there was times where Brady never threw the ball in a game as a kid because he, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't that kid to do that. I've never showcased him or anything like that. So it's always been like it was always team and hand the ball off, block. I mean, he's been running this system and Colt's been running this system their whole lives. So when he asked me that, I was excited about it because I was like, if I can help that in any way and bring any kind of value to it, you know, you know that's what I want to do. But it is hard. Coach always says, hey, let's have our best Monday. Monday's going to be our there's a lot of times Monday where our receivers are like, you know, we're not getting a ball, and it's hard, to, hard for them to be, you know, motivated to just really give their best on Monday, but they do. And, I mean, they're bought in. They, the blocking has got better and better and better, and that's what I've seen. Like, take pride. Find something to take pride in. If you're not getting a ball, then let's go maul people. Let's go be physical out there on the edge, and, and eventually we're going to run by somebody, you know. And I've been telling Brady his whole life and Colt, and I'm telling these receivers every single week, your chance is going to come, and it, it might be the biggest play of the game. It, you know, we might be running all night long, and then they call your number. You have to step up, and you have to make that play in a tough situation. So that's what I've been preaching to them. And some of the moments, you look at a kid like 26 with Warren, and the way that he's, he's put in some work, he's got the perfect size, and then some offers begin to trickle in. It seems like eight, if a play's there, whether it's right before the half, He's got a knack for making that play or, or turning somebody over. Uh, and, and, and Josiah Conte and the plays that, that he's been able to make, how gratifying is that for you, Bully, to see some of that stuff take place? Man, you, you know, I get so excited to, to see it. You know, like when you, when you see something that these kids are putting all the work in and you see some success, it just makes you feel, you know, so great like to see them have some success. It's nothing about me. It's about seeing them, seeing them smile, seeing them – you know, all that hard work, you know. And um, the thing is, like, and by the way, Josiah got offered today by Pearl River and committed on the spot. So wow. Nice. He's Good be going for to Pearl eight. River. There that we was, go. Yeah. So that was awesome. But, no, I mean, you know, you know your, your opportunities are, as, you know, are going to be a few, but you just got to take advantage of them. And that's what we've been telling them. And they've done it a lot of times this year. I mean, you know, we ain't been perfect, but we've – what I love to see is when they go up and compete for a ball, man. That's just – that's – you know, that's what I love to watch them do. So Yeah, that's from both sides, right? When you got your son back there <laughs> throwing yeah. it, you're in somewhere thinking, go help Brady a little bit on one of these. And uh, that's my group. Um, when you look at D. McGee is what I've started referring to him on the air. You talk about a, a lot of folks that you care for on the team. How He's had a special senior year, Bully. Well, this is the thing. You know, Demarius, is, his dad was one of my best friends growing up. You know, we grew up mm-hmm. at Westside with him. And, um, you know, he was such a great athlete. And, you know, he kind of took some wrong turns and stuff like that. But uh, Demarius and Brady became, like, best friends since first grade. So, like, they've always been close. And he actually lives with me right now. So, um but when he came back, he moved to Atlanta for a year and he came back. I was really worried because I was like, where is he going to find his place because of how talented we are? You know what I'm saying? Like, we, that's a talented defense. So I was a little worried, you know, you know like, what's going to happen here? And um, just, just watching him never waver, he come home every day. I was like, what, you know, how's it going? This, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to get a spot. I'm going to find a spot. And he just kept competing. I want to say he's got four or five interceptions now. But he's, he's he, you know, he's uh, got a bunch of pass deflections. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's got that football speed, man, and just that instinct 
to, to make great plays. And um, I'm just proud of him. I'm, I'm excited for him. Um, he came back, and this is ultimately what he want to do. He want to win the state championship with his friends, and we're one game away. He's right there. Dave, you want to jump in there, bud? Yeah, I just want to touch on the group because I, I was a, helped you a little bit well, with y'all in junior high, and I, I helped long enough to see some kids go up and do this, and you got to see it last year, obviously. That's so fun to watch them kids. As, and you got to see them, like you mentioned, even on the playground out of PYA. I, didn't, right. I, didn't get, I wasn't fortunate enough to do that with those kids, but – when you get invest your time and you watch these kids grow and you're around them, it's just it's so energetic. I mean, I I tell them all the time on Fridays, this is about as close as you can get to actually being out there. You know, being around the kids because I'm on the sideline, whatnot. But just talk a little bit about each group. We'll, we'll go with the uh, we'll go with the sophomore group first. About having that group, and or you could just bunch them all together. Just having them all together from you you coach them in seventh, eighth, even before, and then seeing them come through. Well, really, like a lot of them I coached, the, maybe like, uh, you know, the senior class and really like uh, the, the class before, I coached a lot of those guys in PYAA and just watching them come through. And then, um, you know, um, Brady's group is really, you know, Brady was held back. So, like Brady's group, they, they had some uh, tough times. Brady, um, that the senior class this year, they, they actually did take some L's in junior high. You know what I'm saying? They, Peyton reminds you of that every now and, <laughs> yeah. and then, too, to Mr. Wells. Yeah. They took some L's, um, man, but they competed, you know. And um, Coach, I was with, that's when Coach Edwards was, and Coach Walt yeah. was out there, man. That's another thing. We're just grateful to be under them and learn from them coming from uh, PYAA. But, um, man, just, it's just special. Like going back, just, you know, for another thing, I want to thank you, too, man. You ain't even got a kid out there. You was out there doing it, volunteering your time. And, uh, and, and, and the passion you have for it, it, you know, with me it's different, and that's why I tell Cody and I tell, uh, you know, all those guys, like, you know, like I'm – these are my kids' groups, so it's like I'm very close with them, and, you know, it's just it's – just, I'm just blessed that they let me be a part of it, really. Now, if, if I'm going to be there, I want to bring some value to it, but at the same right. time, just being there with these groups – and then Colts group coming up, you know, they lost in the championship game to uh, Ocean Springs, which um, really I thought they had – we had their number, man. We let them off the hook. But um, – and that would have been their first loss in like three years. So, I mean, we, I think we were the better football team. That's going to be a good group. They're still, you know, young. And um, I've coached a lot of those kids since they were like six years old. So, this is a lot of them's first year. I had them in seventh grade and eighth grade after coaching them all the way through. And um, so they got a taste of Coach Hayden and Coach Tyler Smith and that sled every day, and it was much needed. I told them that ninth grade year is, is, a, is a year of toughness, you know. How yeah. big is that bully to be able to, as we got to see at the tail end of this year, those ninth graders, even if they're not going to be able to dress, but to get exposure to that varsity practice and to be around that group of guys that is playing at such a high level. I love that about Coach uh, Stog, and, he, you know, he brings them up, and then they've done that a few times in the past. And even though they're not dressing on Friday or nothing, but just being a part of it and getting around them and, like, the, you, know, those big, they're, you know, they're the little brother. So, like, I, that's what I love about the program, man, just, you know what I'm saying, like the, the love that these kids have for each other. And then just, like, you know, looking at Colt, he's like a baby out there, really. And it's kind of hard to believe, but um, – you know, they embrace them, the older, older guys do, and they're teaching them the game. And it's just, it's just a tradition, the, win, the rich winning tradition here at Picayune. And they've been doing it for so long, it just keeps getting carried over and carried over, you know. So um, I'm excited about it. I think that that group, 
really from the first, we got, I think we, we had to come back to beat Biloxi, that ninth grade group. And uh, Coach, um, Coach Hayden and then we're a little like, oh, I don't know what we got with this group, you know. But I, I've been telling them they do need to get tougher, you know. And from that first game to that last game, I thought they grew up a lot, got a lot tougher. And, uh, I mean, it's, you know, because of that, you know, that work ethic they put in every day that Coach Hayden and Coach Smith put in with them, you know. And a lot of that uh, bully goes to uh, that age, too. You know, you're, getting, you're in high school now. Yeah. So it's a lot of growing up. You, you know, your parents ain't always there to help you right. all day long. That's right. Well, that, that group right there to me, like, I don't know why. They're, they're a little, you know, ninth grade's a tough year anyway. You know what I'm saying? All, all, all the girls are dating seniors and stuff like that. But the thing is, like, they're, just, they're still, like, playing with each other, yeah. putting their hands on each yeah, other, like, wrestling around, you know. So, but, I mean, they're, you know, they did grow up a lot this year. I'm proud of them, too, man. There was a Burnett that made a yeah. ton of plays in that ninth grade uh, family to you, right, Dave? Yep, that's yep. my uh, nephew. We'll brag on that choker. He was big time <laughs> in that ninth grade championship. He played lights Man. out that night. Dude, make, make, to me, I, I think Macon's going to uh, be a big time player for us here. Um, you know, I coached Macon since he was five years old in baseball, coached, and he moved from PRC to come play here. And, um, Man, he's, he's tough. He's a smart – he knows football. Um, you know, he, he, I, I think he's going to bring a lot to the table, man. I'm excited to see he's, what the future holds for him. He's always just been one of them rough kids, you know, like never wear shoes. You go over to there, see him, and he's just, he's just an outdoors type of person that don't – I mean, you don't have, he don't take much. He's just, he just going to go, and he's nonstop 100 miles an hour. High energy. Yep. By the way, happy birthday. I think his birthday was yesterday. Yep. He turned 15. So, Good gracious, yeah. Well, uh, all right, Bully. We appreciate you, man. We appreciate what you do for the community, the program. I certainly appreciate your friendship. So when we come back, we'll take a two-minute uh, timeout, and we'll hear from Timmy Kraft, the Touchdown Club president, about uh, some events that's going on in Picayune leading up uh, to the championship game on Friday night. The Labor and Delivery Unit at Highland Community Hospital is proud to welcome new babies and support growing families in our community. Our qualified, caring staff, along with state-of-the-art technology, make Highland Community Hospital a wonderful place to welcome your new baby. So call 601-358-9422 to schedule your appointment today or visit highlandch.com forward slash here for you. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's small businesses, family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance, the local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Popleville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Kazan, or me, Ross Gilbo, at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Since 2017, Cruz Law Firm has provided a variety of legal services to their clients in South Mississippi. 
Their team will work hard for you to get the results that you need. You'll always be given the utmost respect and your case will be treated with the priority that it deserves. Cruz Law Firm works with the security title and is a member of the American Land Title Association. They have two locations to serve you at 1016 6th Avenue in Picayune and 300 Highway 11 Suite 4 in Popperville. Or you can give them a call at 769-242-2500. Now we're back with Touchdown Club President for the Picayune Maroon Tide, Timmy Kraft. Timmy, thanks for taking time for us. Oh, Clay, thanks for inviting me. To, man, I was, uh, I was at my office this morning when you sent me the text, and I kind of misread it, and uh, I think I was excited about going home at 1 o'clock and watching that World Cup game. You know, uh, shout out to Tyler Adams, who I think is one of the best defensemen United States has ever had, only 23 years old. And then what about Christian Pulisic, man? What a goal. He sold you know? out, didn't he, What Timmy? a goal. You know, I, I, would, I would like to see them – uh, play a complete game, you know, press a little more in the second half, get the ball over the top a little more, create more chances. But they held on, did what they had to do, and uh, we're in the round of 16. Get to play Saturday. So I, that's I, a I, good dude, I absolutely love soccer. I, I just, knew you did. I, I knew it. we'd get to that at, um, at some point. So that's, that's big deal, man. That was good stuff this afternoon to, to see the U.S. advance. Um, let's talk about – Exciting stuff here, Timmy. Thursday night, tell our listeners um, about the pep rally. Yeah, so last year when we won, I, I got the idea. I said, you know, I want to have a pep rally. And I got to looking around at places to do it, and I went out to the commons out there. And you know, it's a big space, but a, a lot of people can look like a small crowd out there. And there's not a whole lot of room. So I got to looking around, and I said, boy, if we could do something downtown, it would be great. So I talked to Tim Hart. And I said, you know, if we could do it out in front of Southern Char, that'd be perfect. You got that little parking lot across the way that actually I think Wayne Gouguet owns that property over there. And I was like, you know, that's a spot where we can kind of set some things up, some merchandise. We can block off the road. So last year we did, man. We, we got out there about 5 o'clock. We had some South State merchandise. I had a DJ out there. Uh, Cody and the football team showed up. Mr. Cockrell and the band showed up. The color guard, the pride, the Jessica and the cheerleaders. And we were out there for about two hours, man, and it was a great time. Everybody had a great time. Everybody enjoyed it. So, you know, and then we went and won, right? So all of a sudden now we win South State, and I'm like, well, okay. Um, if I don't have the pep rally and we lose, yeah, then we lost because I didn't go. have the pep rally. That's like your son switching cleats through, through the middle of the year. I was a little worried about that, but well, he's done okay since the switch. Well, the plan was we were going to have different cleats every game, and um, the problem was getting them. So you just, you know, the ones he wanted couldn't – some of them were six, eight weeks out delivery. So what we're going to do for next year, and I'm going to get back to the pep rally – Next year, he's going to have a different pair of cleats every, every game. And they're going to be outrageous. They're going to be wild. And we're going to kick. And then we're just going to cut it for the touchdown club. We're going to see if we can maybe do a little, little raffle for charity or something with them. Some, something fun. But getting back to the pep rally, I just felt like, you know, we got to do it. We got to do it again. We got to run it back. So uh, the, what was funny, though, was we hadn't – the dust hadn't even settled or the pebbles hadn't even settled on the field Friday night. And Dean Shaw called me. He said, hey, we doing a pep rally again? I was like, man, I ain't even thought about it, really. And um, no, no sooner than that, Officer Hopkins, hey, we doing a pep rally again? So everybody started texting me. I was like, well, guess we're going to do it. Yeah. And so we setting it up again. We're going to get out there about 5 o'clock and get after it. 
and you'll have I saw on the Touchdown Club, which you do a good job with that Facebook group, but there'll be some stuff to buy too. Absolutely. So last year, you know, we, we were all excited because we hadn't, at least for our group, we had never won South State. Now they won South State two years prior, but you know, that was with kids who are, have moved on unless maybe those kids that were seniors last year were sophomores. So we were all excited. We ran out and bought a bunch of South State gear and we were lucky enough to, to, to sell it all that night. And then, of course, two days later, we win the state championship, and we get a bunch of state gear. And so when you win the second time, I don't want to say that winning South State's not important, but, you know, we don't, we don't stamp South State championships on the wall either. So I was like, you know, I don't want to get some merchandise that's South State-specific because when we win Friday night, and notice I didn't say if, I said when we win Friday night, if I don't sell all those shirts, you know, stuck. you're going to see a bunch of kids in Rwanda <laughs> running around yeah. We pick you in South State champions on it because I ain't going to be able to sell them. Right. So I went out and I bought some really cool, really cool long sleeve, thin type T-shirts. It's got our logo on the front. They're white. It's got the, the black outline with the, with the maroon, with the wave coming across the top of it. And on the back, it says real simple, stamp the wall. And that is kind of, you know, last year it was, was kind of we can, we will, we must. We kind of rode that wave. And we didn't really pick it up until we got deep into the playoffs. And, you know, Stamp the Wall's kind of been that thing that's been underneath the surface. And now that we're getting there, I brought it out. So we're doing Stamp the Wall on the back, hashtag Stamp the Wall. And we're hoping to sell those. But we're going to have, uh, we got a lot of beanies that we still can sell, a lot of long sleeve hoodies that we can sell. And anything that we've had left over from this season we didn't sell, we're going to cut you a deal. We're going to get rid of some stuff Thursday night. Timmy, you mentioned it in a post. I want you to have a chance here to do it um, to a different audience maybe. But you thank Chris Durapal and Dixie Q. Absolutely. I wanted you to uh, be able to do that, that here too just for all that he's done for the program. <sighs> I, I don't think a lot of people realize, and, and I know I didn't realize, what went into being Touchdown Club president. Um, you know, and, and I know in years past they've had a lot of people that's, that's done it before me and they've all done great jobs, and it is, it is a lot of work. Now, I will say – we kind of took it to a different level with all the programs, the 7th grade, the 8th grade, the ninth grade. I mean, no kid, every kid gets the same. Like, we, we're consistent across the board. But the biggest problem that I had with Touchdown Club president was that gave me stress was the concession stand. Like, you have to stock it. You have to run it. You have to figure out what to cook. You have to get people to work it. There's so many things that are involved with that that takes a lot of time. And a lot of effort. You got to run to Sam's. You got you got to get a Coke order. It is it is a lot, and you don't realize. You know, we're playing this year, and I'm just going to give you an example. This year, our junior high had five home games. Our ninth grade had four home games. Our varsity had nine home games. PYAA youth football. We got we got to open the stand for that. They had five home dates. So that's almost 30 nights mm-hmm. that this concession stand is open, and it's got to be run. And Chris Durapal approached me during the offseason and said, hey, have you ever thought about doing some sort of joint venture on your concession stand? And I was like, no, but, I, but you got a deal if you want to get it. <laughs> and so he and I sat down, and we kind of worked out a preliminary deal to see how it was going to work. And we did about a week or so, and I, was, I went to him. and I said, hey, man, you know, how's it look? He said, it looks good. We kind of talked a little bit. We felt like we could, we could do some things that make it a little better. So we worked, out, worked that out, and uh, – Chris just took off with it, man, and he's been there every night. He does everything. He takes care of every single night that place is open. After 
our boys play, whether it's junior high, uh, if we play the junior high after the game or before the game, ninth grade, either after the game, before the game, high school after the game, if, if somebody wants to sponsor that meal and pay for it, Chris cooks it. Chris delivers it. I don't have to go get it. If I don't have a game sponsor, Chris says I'll do it. If I don't have somebody to cook, Chris says I'll do it. I have never in my life seen somebody give so much just for the sake of giving as Chris Durapal did for the Touchdown Club this year at Dixie Q. I, I can't thank him enough. He, he, he made my life easy. Yeah, well, and I think a lot can be said for the way that you've stepped up, Timmy, and, and helped that uh, touchdown and, and the board. That, that, that certainly helps in the community, but I know that you've been a leader in that effort for two years now, Timmy. This is, is my third. Third year. This is my third year. So. You know, what, what I learned was – I always knew the Touchdown Club existed, but I didn't know what it was. It was almost like this, it was almost like this secret society of just closed people who were involved. And, you know, they made, they made sure everything happened. But the good thing was, was they had some resources behind them to make those things happen. Um, when I came aboard, we didn't have that. I mean, we, we didn't know what we were doing. And the one thing I knew was we didn't have anybody that could fund this. So we had to get the community more involved. So my biggest thing was, hey, I want the community to know who our kids are. I want them to know who our coaches are. I want them to feel like on Friday nights when Brady Robertson makes a throw, I know that kid. When Josiah Conte catches the touchdown pass, I know that kid. When Monte gets a sack, I know that kid. Marion makes a play, I know that kid. And we wanted to make our program, maybe not the football part because the coaches are, you know how coaches are. They're really, really weird about you getting in their business. But I wanted to make sure that from the touchdown club side of it, from everything we did outside of the, the lines, that everybody felt like they were part of it. And that's what we've strived stri- to do. And what I've learned about this, and somebody told me this a long time ago, and I didn't understand it until I took this job. If you love this community, it'll love you back, right? But you got to love it first. And if you do, it'll love you back. And what I've learned is people love Maroon Tide football, and they want to help and they will help, but they've just never had the opportunity to help. Yeah, and um, David, jump in there, bud. Well, I was just going to say, Timmy, for you, you say that for, for people that don't know, run down a typical game day. Like, what's all involved with a game day? I mean, what, what, from your perspective, what all has to be lined out? All right. You do stuff from the morning all the way to this time to so start off just, all the lights. All right, so I'll just give you a varsity, and varsity is really easy. Okay. Junior high is the day that's – That'll give you stress because there's, there's a lot goes on on a junior high day because you've got two teams. But on a varsity game day, I'm typically sitting at uh, Hardy's at 7.15 in the morning to pick up the breakfast. I get that. I get it to the field house. The players get it at 7.30. They have their breakfast. They have their morning meeting, and they're on their way. From there, I, and I'm, I'm superstitious, but from there I go to the Family Dollar right up here uh, by – Roadrunner, I call it Roadrunner, I don't know what it yeah. is now, right there by Roadrunner, and I buy 10 things of Pedialyte, right? 10 bottles of Pedialyte. So I get two full cases plus two extra bottles. 10, not nine, not 11, I get 10. So then I leave there and I go to Claybird Hill and I get a big case of bananas, right? So then I run home and I get dressed. Then when I come back into town, I drop the Pedialyte and the bananas off, right? So we do that. Let's assume that it's a home game. So then I go to work. So sometime that afternoon, I don't know, around 4.30, we start getting everything together. 
we go to the game, we get set up with our merchandise, we make sure all that's taken care of. Um, you know, we sell the merchandise before the game. We got a few other little bitty things. I got to make sure Chris is good in this concession stand. We have our 50-50 raffle. We have to set up for all of that. The game starts. We kind of close down the concession. I mean, kind of close down the merchandise. Concession stays open. Raffle's going on. All right. Game ends. All right. The game ends. I'm setting up a table out in front of the, uh, oh, and in the mornings, by the way, I forgot to tell you, I got to give Coach Seth Hayden eight cases of Powerade. So eight cases of Powerade, three for halftime, five for postgame. That's on Friday nights. But anyway, the game's over. I go in the field house. I grab those two big ice chests of Powerade. I drag them outside. I set up a table. Here comes the food. We set it up. The kids, the coaches, the cheerleaders, they all come pick up their food. Then I've got to go find whoever did the 50-50 raffle. I've got to get the raffle money. I've got to get the money from the uh, merchandise sales. And I've got to find the chain guys. The guys that run the chains, we pay those guys. Uh, used to be we just got volunteers. When you get volunteers, you get a bunch of kids. Not saying that they don't know what they're doing, but they don't pay the most attention. So we decided we're going to go out, Coach Stogner and I, we're going to pay the chain crew. We pay them well. I have to pay those guys. The announcers up in the stand, Grubby and Nubby, we pay those guys. So I have to make sure all those guys are paid, make sure all the kids are fed. After all that's said and done, we clean up, put everything up, whatever drinks are left over. I'll put in the side the field house, put ice on them for the next morning. I'm the last to leave. I cut off the lights. I go home, get up the next morning, go get three cases of donuts, and I'm at the field house at 9 o'clock on Saturday. And I say that, Timmy, just so I asked that question so you would say all that to let people know how much is involved in just one game day, and that's varsity. That's varsity. Then that's you got easy. Thursday night, junior high, Monday night, uh, ninth grade. Yep. Tell people how they can get involved. They, they may not be on the club. Yep. But the season's over, but you're going to be looking for people for next year because some of these people, are, their kids may be getting out. They may not want to be involved and stuff the, the, and, and maybe kind of want to step back. The simplest thing you can do is just join the Touchdown Club. I mean, you just, it's just an application. You join it. I think it's $25 for a person, $35 for a family. What do you get for it? Not really anything. You get the right to vote in our annual election. If you don't like the job that I'm doing, vote me out, Right. Um, so, but that money goes a long way. You know, right. you get, you get a 200 members at $35, you know, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. Change. So you can join the touchdown club. You know, if you want to become more involved, you know, we're always looking for help. We always, there's always something to do, uh, you know, as far as helping us with merchandise, helping us with our raffles, you know, or just, just wanting to sponsor a meal, sponsor a smoothie, you know, reach out to me and say, Hey, I want to do something for the kids. We come up with something. We have, we have found that there's more people who's willing to do things than there actually are things to do, you know. But at the end of the day, you can never have too much money. And the case in point is, you know, mm -hmm. December the 3rd or 4th or whatever it was last year, you know, when those final seconds are ticking off that clock, 40 to 21, you know, I'm one of the happiest guys in the world. When that clock strikes zero, I'm realizing pretty quick I got to find $35,000 to buy state championship ranks, right? Got to do it. But guess what? We got it done. You know, so I'm excited again this week, but the reality is I'm going to have to find thirty-five grand when we win Friday night to pay for state championship rings again. So anybody who wants to just help and say, hey, I just want to help out. Here's, here's a few bucks, you know. If you've got something specific you want us to do with it, we will. But if you just want to say, here, do what you want, 
everything goes to the kids. We don't take one dollar that does not go to our children. That's awesome. Timmy, thank you from, um, from us and from the program, from the, um, the kids. It's certainly appreciated in the community. Uh, the Picking Football Program, I don't know. Uh, I've seen a lot of what you've said in, in action. I don't know what really they would do without you. So I say that well, uh, for sure. They've probably said that every time somebody's left. Somebody always steps up. Yeah. You know, it's just um, it was my time. You know, I mean, my son's a junior. He's got one more year. So I know I'm in it for one more year. Uh, Amy Robertson has, you know, twisted my arm about staying until at least Colt graduates. And I, th I think I might. You know, we've got we, we to tweak some things, and I've got to get some help, especially on the junior high side, because junior high days are the most hectic. You just, I couldn't even explain it. But um, I, I actually enjoy it, you know. And I, and I, don't, I don't look at it as a job. I kind of look at it as an escape and as a release. I'm not living through these kids. But I sure am enjoying the ride. Absolutely. That's kind of the way we look at it, too, just getting to be around their energy and their uh, spirit. So, Timmy, thank you. Thank you for um, Champion Sports Bistro here on West Canal for letting us intrude on their Tuesday night once again. Thank you for Jeff Lysette uh, producing the broadcast, David Burnett co-hosting with me and all the coaches and, and the guests that we've had. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you.